0: um yeah,
1: this is our asmr <laughs> yeah which i can close can't. your eyes
0: I, <laughs> wait i should we do an asmr but with different theater characters
1: <laughs> i don't know should we or i don't know comment on our social media page Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Theatre Nerds.
0: I'm your host, Rachel Jones.
1: And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theatre Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theatre, where we will explore all aspects of theatre, musicals, and everything in between.
0: This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theatre history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, Or if you've only seen your Super Bowl parties production of The Wizard of Oz Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us.
1: In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms.
0: That's right. You can also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and please do because that helps other listeners be able to find us better.
1: Yes, leave us those reviews. Maybe we'll read one of them on the show. Um, to find out more about the Theater Nerd Cult, check us out at TheaterNerdPod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at TheaterNerdPod, and on Facebook at The Nerd Podcast.
0: In today's episode, we're discussing a Tony's Rewind.
1: All right, Rachel, let's talk about the Tony Awards.
0: Yay! Let's do it. I love so I love talking about our Tony Rewinds.
1: I know. Honestly, you know, it's the beginning of February. Here we are. Yeah. Happy, no are. more dry January for those that, you know, part <laughs> But night. that's I, what I was doing. Every, every month is dry, dry January in my household because I don't really like alcohol, so... <laughs>
0: Which is wild, but yeah. respect. You know, respect.
1: Every, every night is a mocktail night for me. <laughs> um, but, you know, in February, we were, even before we were recording, I was like, you know, this year's Tony Awards 2023 really isn't that far away? Like, no, we're like almost that, that. I mean, we just did our spring theater preview and so much is going to be opening in the next three months. But yeah,
0: it's going to be a it's whirlwind. Gonna be,
1: it, it's going to be it's we're going to be like Roadrunner, like moving along i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you know running fast past those shows um i hope every show does well that's all i'm gonna say
0: (laughs) i it's so funny because i don't know why i get to a point where i'm like i don't want i want every show to do well but i want some to do more better than others yeah and that just feels so ridiculous because No, I get it. I don't know why because one person's success sh- should not take away another person's success and yet still somehow this is the world we live in.
1: Well, this is kind oh, of a gosh. great even when talking about like award shows in general and yeah. like why do they exist? Like I think they're really fun and I think, you know, obviously I get into the Oscars, I get into the Tonys. I've never gotten into the Grammys. Got to got to you know. I mean, I guess we get when Olivia Rodrigo wins, it's it's a uh, it's a good time. But um, and the Emmys are fun. But like, i I. It's interesting to talk about that. Like, yeah, we are pinning up artists against each other, and like that doesn't mean mm-hmm. one, you know, one show is better than the other. It just means that it's all kind of fun and games, kind of is what it is. <laughs> but I don't it know. does mean not yeah. one
0: show is better than the other. I think what's what I think what is cool about the current Tony awards that we're going to talk about today is that you heard a lot of language from people who were handing out awards and from winners about how this is a recognition of the hard work that they've done now yeah. instead of like we're better than other people which i don't think has ever actually come out of people's mouths no. at a tony award no. but i think it it's important to think I think for me, more about how this is recognizing the really hard work that everyone's doing. And a nomination itself, which we have learned, especially the last two years, is Mm. a recognition and should be celebrated just as much as taking the Tony home or taking the award home. And when we talk about any award shows, we're talking about people who have their own agenda Rating and voting on mm. the options that are available to them related yeah. to, you know who's going to win um or who's nominated. And so we know, and a lot uh, we know especially over the last few years, how uh, how biased <laughs> some groups of yeah. people are, and how mm-hmm. um human a lot of a lot of them are as well, and that this is not technically an accurate reflection of the only people who have done really good work um, or who should be celebrated for the good good work that they've done on or off stage. So,
1: yeah. And any show is going to have its fan base, like any small show that, you know, may even not get nominated will, will have its fans. And I think that's, what's always fun is that even if a show doesn't get nominated, it's always, gonna have people that love and adore it which I think is really great and also honestly even this year this Tony Awards that we're gonna talk about the uh, 1984 Tony Awards are is kind of an example of there are two shows in particular which were like the big shows that year where one of them is kind of held up as this like masterpiece I would say even within the community and not that the other one who was you know the big winner of the night isn't a masterpiece, but it's it still has a huge fan base. It has a huge following. It is honestly, I was like kind of, I kind of went into this Tony Awards like mm, I'm kind of, kind of upset mm-hmm. at who won versus who didn't win. But then actually watching performances, I was like, wait, no, this actually is a great show. And I actually was like kind of surprised how much I actually liked the show that I actually did win. So that's actually yeah. actually really cool and um. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just an interesting idea that no matter what, there are, like, fans of any show. And also, it doesn't mean that, you know, there are shows here that didn't win that still, you know, kind of stand the test of time, um, even with that. Even watching the performances, I was like, wow, these, at the time, these were great performances, and I hope people... You know, at some point, it, that's why I love doing these two, these older ones sometimes, is that mm-hmm. maybe we can shout out performances that people d- aren't aware of even today. Um, yeah. So that's really, that's really cool. Before we get into it, Rachel, let's talk about what yes. the Tony Awards are. <laughs> and well, what are Tony, Tony Awards Right.
0: Ah, Well, this, this may be also related to what's in the news this week about True. the Tony Awards, which we want to definitely talk about and give enough space, so we're going to do that at the end, and we promise it is not yeah. an afterthought, yeah. um, but we think that having the discussion about this Tony Awards and then the discussion about what is currently happening with the Tony Awards um, will be better had at the end of the episode, so please stay tuned. That's
1: right. But
0: the Tony Awards... It's like the Super Bowl for theater, which is so relevant because it's almost the Super Bowl. It's almost
1: the Super Bowl. This is the theater Super Bowl. That's right. Wow.
0: This is the theater Super Bowl, except that it's not at all the same because there are many teams (laughs) competing for a variety of awards. And Mm -hmm. it also celebrates the theater uh, year from like the previous year. So the spring and the fall. Um, which is very hard when you think about it. It's like an academic year instead of like a calendar year. Weird. Anyway, that has also changed over the years of when shows can be qualified. Um, But the awards were founded by none other than theater producer and director Brock Pemberton and named after Antoinette, or Tony, Perry, an actress, producer, and theater director who was the co-founder and secretary of the American Theater Wing,
1: Mm. and the
0: first Tony Awards were held on April 6, 1947.
1: That's right. And here in our Tony's Rewind, Rewind, we do kind of reflect and look back at a Tony Awards. It could be a more recent one, like recently, I think we did 2011 was our recent one. And then sometimes we do some of these older ones um, uh, like today. And I do want to let listeners, if you guys don't know, we always put in the show notes a link to the history of the Tony Awards and also voting, things about voting and trivia and all of that. So if you guys want to look up that stuff, you can check it in our description. We will
0: link when possible to a video. Of the complete Tony Awards. Oh yes. So, yes. if you yeah. want to join in on the fun, you can.
1: That's right. Yeah, I do actually. I did want to shout out the YouTube account that we always um, <laughs> yeah. watch these Tony Awards. Miss Pooch Smooch is the <laughs> is the YouTube account. Thank you, Miss Pooch <laughs> Smooch, incredible. for you. hosting all work. these Tony Your Awards. Dedication. Yeah, all the hard work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's great. There's they have many, many Tony Awards that we can watch and do these rewinds. So thank you. <laughs> we are none other than talking about the 38th t- annual Tony Awards, which were held on June 3rd, 1984, at the Gershwin Theater.
0: The oh, Gershwin
1: <laughs> Wicked <laughs> Boom. Uh yeah. Uh before there was uh, wicked. You know, flashback. Friday but what come back Monday I don't know what's the Monday one because today's Monday whatever (laughs) uh to our last episode where we did forget to talk about Wicked so this is our Wicked shout out that you know from page to page whoops (laughs) here we are so this was held at the Gershwin Theater um the hosts were Robert Preston and none other than the queen herself Julie Andrews who
0: yeah
1: it's just me maybe we'll post a photo with our with our episode today but did she look like Princess Diana the whole time or was it just oh, me? I
0: don't know, but she looked gorgeous. I just kept thinking, she did. dang, she looks good. How old is she in this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. She kind of looks ageless to me even now. Like she kind of
0: I mean, now she but now she looks graceful and old yeah. and but like in a graceful way, but she looked I was like, wow.
1: Anyway, she just looked so much like Princess Diana to me that I was like this is kind of freaky. Anyway, these are, of course, shows that were open in the 1983 and 1984 season. Uh, Rachel, talk about how this Tony Awards was a little bit different than a lot of the other ones we've talked about. And explain to the great listeners out there why it was a little bit different.
0: Number one, people did not speak very long. Love that. I love that. Um, Still two hours, though. It was still somehow two hours. I don't know how. Well, actually, probably how. Um, So, obviously, it had best musical, best play, best revival of a play. They called it something different,
1: though. It wasn't best revival. What did they say? It was like, I forgot. It was like best retelling or something. I don't know. Anyway.
0: (laughs) That's because there was no revival of a musical category.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: Um, But they had all the somewhat normal things, and they had the musicals um, who are up for best musical sing and perform. Mm -hmm. But they were also doing something very special for basically three um, composers. I lumped one group together because there's actually two of them. But then they talked about their entire work up until now. I found this so
1: interesting, so
0: interesting and so yeah. fascinating. It Like, they literally did, like, a whole medley <laughs> of songs with, with like, a um, narration of when it happened and who played yeah. who. And all, some of the original players of these characters came out and sang. And so they did this for Candor and Ebb. So, John Kander and Fred Ebb. And they did this mm-hmm. for Jerry Herman.
1: Yeah.
0: And they also did this for Stephen Sondheim. For
1: Stephen Sondheim. And it yeah.
0: was so interesting. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And they did it, like, they did um, Kander and Ebb first, and then they did Sondheim in the middle, and then they did yeah. Herman at the end. And like I said, they were there were stuff, like, um, awards spaced in between them. But they... Basically, went from the first shows that these, uh, you know, composers or lyricists wrote, to yeah. the current shows that were potentially on stage or or nominated. It yeah. just, I liked it. It just was strange.
1: Which, if you think about it, so the other show that was nominated for best original score because all three of those composers were nominated, was right. Baby. Which right. was David Shire and Richard Malty Jr. But they didn't do anything for them. <laughs> it was like they oh, just did like these giants. So it's like I kind of feel bad for the other people. Although if you look up, those two had only had like maybe three or four credits before. I still um, feel like
0: you could have done something for them. Yeah,
1: I know. The other thing that was weird is that they would... I actually I didn't think it was weird. I actually thought this was a very interesting way to do it. Um. Mm-hmm. It was it was almost like they were doing like an in memoriam for for every single it was. person. Yeah. That's what yeah.
0: Uh, well at first when they did Candor and Ebb, I had I literally, I I this is my ignorance. I had to Google when did Kander, John John Candor when did Fred Ebb die?
1: Yeah. Because well, I was John, like, maybe John this is. Still alive.
0: I, know. I need yeah. to know because I was so yeah. taken aback about how it was happening. It really felt like the we didn't. I I want everyone to know we didn't even do a good enough job
1: tributing no.
0: Sondheim the way that they did. When no, Sondheim I don't think so either. In the audience.
1: I don't think because had in I don't think Into the Woods had been produced yet.
0: No, but I'm just saying, like, we when yeah, when Steven died, when Sondheim died, and we did the thing at the Tony Awards, oh, last right, year, right,
1: right, 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 right.
0: We yeah. didn't even do as good of a job as no. they did. And his yeah. works weren't complete.
1: You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, also to shout out John Kander and, and Fred Ebb, of course, this year, the New York, New York, um, <laughs> yeah. so many things are coming back this year. Obviously, with Sondheim's works, yeah. there's so many of Sondheim's works coming back this year. But also, yeah. New York, New York, the new musical with music by Kander and Ebb and lyrics by also Lynn Manuel Miranda. And that's very interesting um, that even that they're still relevant even today, which is really cool, right. super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, so the one thing that I thought was was that they would do like the beginning of the segment with the of the composer of whoever it was. Mm-hmm. And then they would cut to like do some awards and then they would go back to the same. So I I was like a little confused. I was like, oh, we're still doing the Steven Sondheim tribute. Like I was like really confused. And I know it.
0: I feel it. It was
1: a wild show. It was very wild.
0: It was wild. And the the other thing I found that was so interesting was the order in which they did the awards.
1: Correct. Yeah. And the order in which they did the shows that were actually nominated. Like, yeah, so strange.
0: Yeah. Well, we started what with is, the tap dance kid.
1: Yes, I was going to say, okay, I, as soon no, as it started, no. I was like, Rachel's going to love this. I also loved it because one of the nominees, the tap dance kid, opened the show. What did you think of the opening yeah. in general? Well, I felt
0: like it was a good opening, except I have no idea what the story is about. I still, right. at this moment, still don't know. I would have to look it up. You know what I mean? Well, like, I would assume I, it's watching... about a
1: kid that likes tap dancing, but
0: yeah. But like, I not that not that I know that much more about the other three shows, but they did say a little bit more in yeah. opening them. So I found that very interesting. It was also one of the only, in my opinion, maybe the only uh, diversity representation.
1: True. on the
0: stage there I mean yeah which is its whole own thing and you know talking about specifically what black actors can and can't do yeah yeah
1: um
0: but yeah it was it was good I mean the the the, they did more than one song I think that it was a medley of songs Mm -hmm. although it was not a lot of singing it was a lot of tap dancing
1: oh they did one song fabulous feet
0: was it just one
1: yeah okay yeah also, shout out, though, Alfonso Ribeiro from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was in the original. Yeah. Willie yeah. was in the original cast. That's
0: crazy. I also could not see very well on the recording, um, but I was like, I, c- I can't see their taps on their shoes because they're wearing tennis shoes.
1: It was interesting. Yeah, the ensemble specifically, I was like, are they wearing tap shoes?
0: But they must be wearing taps on their tennis shoes. And the outside just looks like tennis shoes because then I saw the speakers on the ground, like the microphones on the ground. Uh And I was like, they have to be doing that on stage. And they're clearly dancing live.
1: I will say, whenever people say, like, what's your favorite sound ever, I always say tapping. I always say the sound of tapping is just so cool, especially it was amazing to see all those dancers and they were all so in sync. Like, every yeah. single one of them. And tapping is really hard to do in sync.
0: Um, yes, yeah. can confirm.
1: Can confirm. I do want to talk about the sh- the shows in general, of course, that were nominated. When we talk about Best Musical, we're looking at the shows of The Tap Dance Kid, Sunday in the Park with George, Baby, which, oh my gosh, we could talk about a million years about Baby. What a... <laughs> I'm just... I was shook. I was just shook. And then La Falls... <laughs> And then Best Play, we have Play Memory, we have Noises Off, Glenn, Gary, Gun Ross, which is crazy because when they made a movie of Glenn, Garrigan Ross, it did, like, huge, huge. I think it won yeah. Best Picture. Yeah. And yeah. The Real Thing. And then Best Revival, we have A Moon Miss Misbegotten, Heartbreak House, American Buffalo, and Death of a Salesman. Did they show right. on the award show Best Revival? No, they didn't, No. Eh? No.
0: No. I mean, they did the the. You mean the uh, award? I mean, they read the award.
1: Oh, they did. I must have. Yeah,
0: but the the Maybe person was... who neither neither people were there to accept the. Award. Oh,
1: that's what it was. Okay. Yep. 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 I remember that. Yeah.
0: But they didn't they tell did. you a lot about any of the shows, really. No. The best revival it... shows. I mean, they did tell you more about the best plays.
1: And even a lot of the – they really got to the awards very quickly. They were really, like, one after the other. That was one thing. I feel like now we spend a lot of time on the, like – like, they do, like, a bit before they do the award, which is sometimes fun. There were no bits. sometimes it's awkward. No bits.
0: They really just came out
1: and said – However, a lot of the speeches were funny.
0: Cheetah Rivera tried to do her own bit during her acceptance speech, and it didn't land. But it was, it was fine.
1: <laughs> but even the speeches, it was interesting, you know, there's almost like a rehearsedness now that happens with award speeches, but I felt like these were very, like, not rehearsed. Like, they seemed a lot of them seemed like, genuinely surprised, which I think was yeah. awesome. And I think just the, I mean, I don't really know, obviously I wasn't around in the 80s, but... I don't know what surprised. the aura of or the vibe was around award shows, so maybe I don't know if it was as like a big deal. even I mean, I'm sure it was a big deal, but yeah, I, I mean, know. I don't
0: know, but but there were some people who literally just said thank you and walked off stage,
1: <laughs> which was hilarious. Which I thought was that was so incredible, so incredible. funny, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then other right. other plays I want to mention, or other shows that were yeah. nominated but not nominated for the best categories, um, yeah. were uh, the rank. the Rink. uh the musical, yeah, yeah. featuring Cheetah Rivera and Liza Minnelli. How could we and, forget? Um, and
1: Candor but of course,
0: right, of course, and also um, Oliver, which this is the thing where I'm like, this is a revival, yeah, right. And yet we don't have a category.
1: Cause, well, so only they must one have nomination, been... right?
0: Yes. Best performance by leading actor in a musical. And then a- another... Oh, no. It was nominated. Never mind. Okay. Interesting. And then if... Zorba, the musical, was uh, nominated not for Best Musical or Best Book, but Best Performance by Featured Actress in a Musical.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. To give some fun facts about Zorba... Is that what it's called? Zorba?
0: Zorba, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, Lila Kendrova won also Lila? Lila? Bad. Bad. Best performance by a featured actress in a musical. And mm-hmm. what was interesting about that, so Zorba was a film 20 years prior in 1960, um, mm-hmm. 1960 uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, 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 1964. And she played the exact same role and won an Academy Crazy. Award for it. Yeah. It's insane. And then, tw- you know, <laughs> 20 years later, she played it in a musical and won a Tony Award.
0: What I, it also, um, Ebb and Candor, I said Fred earlier, which was yeah. me combining Fred's name, his first and last yeah. name, Fred. I will mm-hmm. forever call him that, uh, with a book by Joseph Stein. It's just very, very interesting because this is a revival. Like it was yeah. on Broadway in 68. This is the revival of this. Yeah. It just it's very interesting.
1: Yeah. So it yeah, these the, some of the awards are kind of all over the place, especially because the rink wasn't even nominated for best oh. musical, but it won best Which... performance by an actress in a leading role. And both the actresses were nominated. So right.
0: This I mean, no, this does happen still today. Yeah. I, I want to say, and and what we've said before in most of our Tony deep dives as the years go on with Tony awards, like this is the 38th Tony award that we're talking about. As the years go on, there are more categories that people are able to be nominated for. um, And like, you know, the technical parts of direction of plays and musicals get even bigger and there's more categories around them. Um, So I think that that's also important to note.
1: for sure. Yeah. so the two big shows that and kind of maybe the big discussion I want to talk about around this Tony okay. Awards is what I was thinking and yeah. make sure you can stop me whenever you want Tell is me. for me the two I, and maybe we'll side talk about baby for a little bit but okay. the two big shows that we that were nominated and or kind of discussed within the season were of course Sunday in the Park with George and La Caja Falls Sunday in the park with George nominated for 10 Tony nominations. Crazy. And only uh one two. Only one two. The big nominator. Lakasha Falls nominated for nine Tony nominations, winning six Mm -hmm. awards, uh, including Best Musical, including Best Book of a Musical, including Best Score of a Musical. And I want to tie this into Jerry Herman's acceptance speech when he won best original score. He hmm. says, quote, simple. No, I can't. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Here I, we no. go. He says, simple.
0: Wait, can you tell them what the nom- who the nominees before? Oh, yeah, they- yeah. The- that Jerry, wow. So, um,
1: the nominees for Best Original Score were um, Stephen Sondheim, Some In the Barker George, The Rink by John Kinder and Fred Abb, Baby, David Shire, Richard Malty Jr., and then La Caja Falls, Jerry Herman. Jerry Herman, for those who don't know, before this, which you can watch in this Tony Award ceremony because they this honor his entire life. Um, Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Mame.
0: Mame. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Mac and Mabel, that was another one. And yeah, but Lakaja Falls was really his last big um, show before he, I mean, he passed away in 2019, but he really didn't yeah. do anything after Lakaja Falls, which is interesting. Not so he said, "Yeah." when he won, in his acceptance speech, he says, and I quote, simple, hummable show tunes were no longer, people thought that simple, hummable show tunes were no longer welcome on Broadway. And they're basically back in the theater where LaCaja Falls is playing. Which I think is such, I mean, it's blatantly a dig to Stephen Sondheim. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. no way to go around it. I mean, Sondheim is known at this point, with Company, with Sweeney Todd, for with Sunday in the Park with George for making songs that really have the audience sitting up, sitting forward, and really listening and really thinking about the lyrics and really, you know, Sondheim is not a composer who, I mean, he makes like songs that you'll remember, but he he really wants you to think about what you're listening to, which I think is, you know, an. Intru- I mean, I love that so I think it's a great, ju- I think it's wonderful, but I think it's just so, inter- it's like, s- just such a blatant dig to him. I just, I don't understand. Like, if I was Stephen Sondheim sitting in the audience, I'd be like, well, F you, that's such a, like, that's so disrespectful. I feel like, Yeah. I don't know.
0: This is what was so, I, I have all these feelings. So let, let me back up. What was so interesting is that this, typically a uh, best original score best direction of of a musical and then the musical best yeah. new musical are almost all the things that happen that and best um fe- uh, best leading actor and actress almost are always at the back end of yeah. the current Tony Awards world and what happens is you have all of these other things that are happening best costume design best Lighting design, best scenic design, yeah. best choreography, best whatever.
1: At the Oscars, Featured they actress. like to call them below the line awards. So below like <laughs> the the line of like, you know, all yeah. the technical awards is what they like to call them.
0: But I mean, but I mean, we we love those things, especially as True. you can see that yes. at least three of the shows have tab numbers in them. And so Correct. we we love the important the costuming for this year was out of control. The scenic designs also were out of control. Yeah. But right, like all of that normally happens first. And so most of us, which is why when things look like it's going to sweep, we know because they have started to gather these other awards too and lead us to this moment of like, this is going to be the show that wins or the person that wins the best book or the best, right? Because we've had all these other moments where we're right. like, oh. Uh, and if if a show is winning them all, all of those, we're like, it has to be this. And sometimes we've been very wrong about that. We've had shows that have won literally everything else. And then Best Musical goes to someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what was interesting to- in this Tony Awards, <laughs> what was interesting in this Tony Awards is Best Original Score comes like first. Yeah. It was like one of the first things that yeah. was given away. for and the the, musical Well, they category. did scenic
1: design first, which did end yeah. up going to Sunday in the Park or George. Yes,
0: that's true. I think they did scenic and lighting design right before yeah. this. But still, I'm like, it just felt like, whoa, hold on. We're giving the whole baby away already.
1: Mm-hmm. And not to shout out baby. There it is.
0: Uh, no, not yeah. to shout out baby. But <laughs> I agree. What then happens? So, Lakaja Falls wins for best original score, music, and or lyrics. Jerry Herman goes up there, and this is how he starts it. There's been a rumor going around for the last two or three years in the theater industry. Yeah. And then he says what Taylor said. He says, you know, that simple show tune, that simple hummable show tunes have gone out of style or something like that.
1: Yeah.
0: And... I kid you not that I had to pause that recording because I could not believe he just said that. And without context, if you didn't know who Stephen Sondheim was, it would be, it would just feel like a one-off kind of thing because he's right. Jerry Herman, hello, Dolly, like name, all of those are very like, I don't know any of the lyrics, but I can tell you that I could hum most of the songs in both of those shows. And I've seen, Mame once as a kid, yeah. So I get it, and it is true, they get stuck in your head, they do. But to so clearly that be a dig at Sondheim was kind of like, You just won. Why did you need to say that? You could have said, You could have said something like, I'm so thankful to have like be working on this show that brings back light-hearted thoughts to theater. It just, the way that he said it set it up to be like, see, everyone was wrong. Sondheim isn't as good as people think.
1: Correct. Yeah. And
0: that might not have been his intention, but it's really hard to not think that that was his intention based off of the way that he set up what he was saying.
1: Well, you and... know what's interesting as well is that the direct reaction to this is Sondheim goes and makes Into the Woods right after this. <laughs> and Into the Woods especially the opening number is like one of the most hummable sound like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. like, like it's, so humm- yeah, it's, it's almost like he, Sondheim went home and was like you know what I'm gonna show Jerry Herman I'm gonna show him the like-》but
0: the other thing that happens with <laughs> Into the Woods is that it's so lyrically dense it is yeah. so dense with lyrics
1: yeah, for sure. and yet
0: still it is hummable so I think
1: yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I definitely think that this is a not not that really it is, but it felt like a mm-hmm. classic composer crash or clash, yeah. um, which is what I imagine uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein kind of situation was happening with other composers at the time of like, we think we're doing it right. we, we And our style right. is, and you're yeah. not.
1: Um, so yeah, the great. other big question I want to pose too is that, we've kind of had this discussion before of like the show that is more serious versus the show that is more mm. of a comedy. And I think yeah. maybe looking at the years, such as like next to normal versus Billy Elliot or even kinky boots versus Matilda. These are the years in particular that kind of sick in my brain, especially when, when shows those shows in particular, I have such a connection to Matilda. I have such a connection to Next Normal that didn't win. And this year, like, yeah. I love Sunday in the Park with George. I don't have a huge connection, but I do have a huge connection to Sondheim. I love, I love anything Sondheim does. And I think the show of Sunday in the Park with George really has a big, it says a lot about, like, artists. It says a lot about, like, artistry in general. Um, it has a lot to do with the artist and their work relationship, and it it has a lot of things, and I think La Caja Falls, of course, I've never seen La Caja Falls, but especially on the outside going in, it's felt like this, like, musical that was kind of um saying something about a social movement, like mm-hmm. that type of thing, which really also does remind me of, like, Billy Elliot and Kinky Boots, both of those things say things about social Change and uh, which are all great things. I do think it's all incredible, but I do think it's just interesting that there are some years where there are these big mammoth kind of forces of nature show like um, show defining shows like Sunday, like Next to Normal, like um, Matilda that have very dense, you know, plot lines versus shows that have like a social aspect social change aspect you know message to them not that the other shows didn't but these in particular do i just think it's interesting like would i guess my question is more like does the sh- the show like are they awarding a show just because of the social change ask you know the message of the show or are they awarding it because it is actually a good show do you know what i mean
0: I mean but I guess my my question back to you is that that's not always been the case, right? Like in the sure, 2019 sure. Tony Awards, we we awarded Hadestown, which is great, but I think also because it was addressing the social aspects in a serious way, like like right like so is Hamilton. Yeah. And Hamilton's a great yeah. show and so is Hadestown. Like there's no doubt in my mind that those things not that they should have swept because I never believed things should sweep, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like there's no doubt that they didn't deserve those awards right. just because they were talking about things in a way that was making us think about social movements. Yeah. And so I, I, I think specifically the best score category is where this is the hardest for yeah. this, because very clearly to me, Sunday in the Park with George should have won best score. Yeah. We can talk all day long about whether or not it should have won best musical or not. I That is more to me of like, well, there are all these factors. But when you're specifically talking about the actual lyrics and music, it should have been Sondheim. One thing, if you don't know anything about La Caja Falls and you're like, what the heck? And you will try and oh, Google yeah. it. You won't That's know how thing. to spell it yeah. unless you're a French person. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's basically a play that w- was performed in, in 1970s France. in France. Yeah. It's the yeah. same. So you might know the French play also named La Falls, not the same as the musical that was produced in 1983. Right. So Harvey Firestein, also a big person in this, I personally think this is part of, he was already successful, but I do think this was a large part of where he ends up going in mm-hmm. his career and defines kind of who he is in the theater industry in a lot of ways about the tone right. of his voice and and what he asked to say. I will say La Caja Falls centers around, um, the. it's the first time on Broadway not off Broadway, but on Broadway, where there is a homosexual relationship that is the center of a Broadway show Right. Or of a Broadway musical. Um, yeah, and then we hear them sing "I Am What I Am" on the on the Tony Awards, which which is, was
1: a huge anthem. Of the which time. is
0: and still is and still is. I don't want to discredit yeah this um show as it. Not only no, not discussed at all. topics, yeah. you know that were related to what was happening, and also gender expression, which is very relatable, and also you Correct. know all of these other things, um, and that it not only talked about them within the confines of the musical itself and like within the book itself, but it also the way that it staged it, who it had in the show, how they talked about their off broadway relationships um personally like it broke down a lot of barriers that were existing in the 1980s and before then and even still exist obviously uh, around what it is like to be a gay person in the theater Mm -hmm. i that is important because the what what shows um what shows do for audience members is about challenging us and challenging our ideals and also entertaining us. I think that what is hard is when you have a show that is is screaming at us in a way of what it's telling us, like right. La Caja Falls. And then you have a show like Sunday in the Park with George. And if you've ever listened to that, you might not relate at all to a, a painter. Um, sure. or a French person, in uh, but you can relate to heartbreak and wanting to belong and wanting to be mm. successful but not know if we should have all of these things and give up what we actually have in order to think about what we want and loss, right? And all these things that are happening in your brain that are also important and leave us from that musical challenged, but it's an internal Potentially an internal mm. challenge. Yeah, um, and then you have other shows like *The Tap Dance Kid*, which I'm sure is just very, very entertaining itself. And so mm. it is very hard for me, unlike unlike uh, uh, movies where you have like indie movies and romance or whatever. It's hard to figure out the differences between musicals because sometimes musicals are there to give us thought-provoking things that change how our minds think and about ourselves and feel about ourselves or feel about us and our relationship to the world. And then other times it is about things that are happening that we might not experience ourselves, but that other people around us experience and that the world experiences. And so we should be thinking more critically about those things. And other times it's just simply because it's entertaining right. and a good story.
1: For sure. I do think there is value in, you know, songs that are simple and humble, as Jerry Herman says. (laughs) But I do, like, I went into this being like, oh, I'm only going to be, like, a Sunday fan. Like, I love Sondheim. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. only going to root for Sunday. And I, watching the performance of La Caja Falls, I was really blown away. I was really blown away by George Hearn, who ended up winning the Tony for Best Leading Actor in a Musical. I was mm-hmm. really um yeah, the performance of Lakaja Falls really like it took I was like, dang, this is actually really great. And I think it was really right. smart of them to show the fun side of it, but also show like yes. the heart of the show.
0: Yes. And right. Yes.
1: And Sunday's performance was also incredible, but also I think Sunday as a whole of of the show is probably it's hard to pick out one single scene of Sunday. Right. Right. To be, and I think as a whole, it's like a package deal. And Lacaze, you can just like watch those two scenes and be blown away too. I mean, that, that's kind mm-hmm. of an overgeneralization, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's just an interesting discussion. And I think sometimes the Tony Awards go with the popular show, and sometimes they go with the show that just means the most to them. I even think about the year Fun Home one, Like that wasn't really like the popular show.
0: No, it's not popular.
1: (laughs) No, it's really... And it's also really dark. Like, it's a really sad show. It's It's not really uplifting. Staged
0: so differently, where three actors play the same character.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uplifting in the sense, like, it's about this woman who kind of finds herself a little bit. It's kind of a coming-of-age show. But... Um, it's not like a, it's not like a kingy boots where it's like, yeah, let's go out there, <laughs> and all of that. And sometimes, yeah. So it's very interesting what, what, um, yeah. And also we talk a lot about on the, on our show in general about how theater goers they bring all the baggage of their own lives to whenever they go to the show. And I think, depending on what was going on at the time in the '80s, I think Lacaz yes. probably had an influence on what was going on around them. I mean, I'm sure that, I, I think, I'm, if I'm not certain, the AIDS epidemic was probably going on at the time and all of that. So uh, obviously that had an influence on the community um, as well. So.
0: And I, I mean, I think the the other thing that's important to think about and why I go back to what we said at the beginning of the show, which is what are the, what is the purpose of awards? I don't know. Or Tony awards, especially now when you have these different, very different styles of how to portray what is happening in, like in musical theater through theater itself, you know, not to mention SpongeBob, but SpongeBob would never win best musical because it is not necessarily saying that much, although it is about the world, <laughs> the state of the world. You should all watch it because it, it is really saying. Right. A lot. But you know I mean? Like it's not blatantly saying a lot about the state of the world and it's not a novel um journey. It's a here it's a heroine journey. It's a very <laughs> Odyssey-esque yeah. version of a of, of characters that have existed before. It is not earth shattering. It doesn't necessarily make you Walk away thinking mm-hmm. about how you should live your life differently. It might, and that's great. But I don't think that's its main purpose. It's so entertaining. It's so good. It's bringing mm-hmm. all of these characters to life, and it's also maybe saying something about the world, but not in a way in which it's like fully challenging the state yeah. of of current affairs or saying anything that novel. And I struggle with that because, shows can just be entertaining and be really good yeah and we see that with some of the other some of like
1: yeah
0: you know baby maybe and yeah
1: let's talk about let's do a side about baby let's do a side about baby so this show i was watching it going what the heck is this about (laughs) it is about three couples each of them expecting to have a child Right. And three, the song that they do is about these the three women. I guess one of them's in her, like, probably 50s, I assume. And then one of them's, like, in her 30s, I assume. Her late late 20s, early 30s. And then one of them's, like, 19. Yeah. And they're all... Here's the thing about this, is that this song... What did you think... Of, I, I do want to ask you, of course, as the only woman on the show. I'm not a woman. <laughs> what did you think about this song in general? I was just like is going on i choose this i I, it was just i feel like it was all over the place and i also felt like could this show exist today i don't know
0: well that's the second question is a good one um the song they sing is i want it all which is actually a good song i like the song it's yeah talks about wanting to have both or both like you know i want to have a family, but I also want to be successful, but I also want to be a good person. Yeah. And
1: I want I think stretch things marks. that,
0: yeah, well, you know, um, yeah. there, the underlying of this is like, okay, we've all, most of us have been there whether or not we are women, but right where we have this moment of we can't just, you can't have everything, but we want, we want to be able to have it all. And what, what I struggle with is which is funny because I think this comes from a discussion that I heard on a different podcast this week. But mm. how in in musicals and on the stage, most of the time, we never show pregnant women not wanting to be pregnant. Mm. We show yeah. people having miscarriages. We show people, I mean, waitresses maybe the closest we get, but we show people who are pregnant and are not sure how they're going to make it or like are pregnant by bad means or you know have a green baby and it turns out to be the wicked witch you know just crazy things but we often don't see women get an abortion or not yeah. keep their child on the stage I'm um, besides next to normal i mean not next to normal um Spring Awakening.
1: Okay, oh, yeah, least. yeah. I was like, uh, a
0: right. So, but this is before all of this. This is in the eighties. So, right. Obviously, but I, I do think having three women talk about an essential arc being about having a baby. Maybe w- <laughs> we wouldn't be able to to have that yeah. show happen.
1: It's very much like this is the only thing women like think about almost. I don't I
0: mean there was in 2019 I will say that in 2019 there was an off-Broadway version of this show. Right. I don't know what that was like. I would love to learn more about that. Um mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. It's It's interesting. It wasn't my
1: favorite. Did you have a favorite performance of the show?
0: Out of the Best Musical nominations mm-hmm. or out of all mm-hmm. of the
1: well, all the it's it's really hard to count it. I mean, I feel like all the performances, it's a lot. But what about uh, the best musical? Well,
0: I will. I want to shout out my. Um, this wasn't in the best musical, but it was a performance that happened. The Rink yeah. with Cheetah Rivera and Liza Minnelli. Yeah, was very entertaining. Those women are so good. They're so good, and Liza Minnelli, I think at this point was at the not the peak of her career, but like she's just. She's super well known. She doesn't have to, in my opinion. I was like, she didn't even want to try that hard. This was her not even trying that hard. It, yeah. And yet she would. And also, it's Liza Minnelli, and they wrote this whole musical for her. And so it's fine. Um, yeah. So that was interesting. I don't know a lot about the rink. Uh, in terms of the storyline, but I felt like it would be an it would be an entertaining musical, is what I gathered from the performance. I I do want to say that. I think my favorite performance out of the four best musical nominations was probably uh, Sunday in the park with George. Although mm-hmm. I was wondering why they
1: chose that song. But
0: I'll tell you one thing. Well, about I think Sunday the only
1: other song they could have done was finishing that, but
0: that's fair. I, which I yeah. think they should have done. But that's okay. Um the staging of the song is why they did the song.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I actually have a cute little book, oh, that my friends got me for Christmas. I'm gonna read it. I title. love it. Designing Broadway, um, by Derek McLean and Ila Mel, and it's very good. And inside it has all a lot of the works of Broadway and and staging of of them and costuming mm-hmm. and the history of that. And what's funny is it talks about Sunday in the Park with George, which the one of the original staged drawings set design drawings is now in the museum of broadway which has just opened in new york Uh, but it was previously at the new york library public library and you could go in for free and see it which is cool and i did and i have a little photo and maybe i'll post it on our instagram story or something but this staging like in order for the beginning and end scene to be the painting is crazy it's crazy they it, it literally it looks like pop-ups things come from the floor
1: yeah. it
0: it literally looks like a storybook came to life and although there are beautiful staging with La Caja Falls and probably with the other two um, that were nominated I do think that this was the best staging and that's why I think it was the best performance
1: because of the scenic design well and it ended up winning costuming design
0: it's true it did what about you taylor what's your favorite performance
1: i actually i i had fun with almost all of them the baby one was my least favorite i gotta say but um (laughs) they sang really
0: well the song was good i yeah
1: the mm-hmm. cash was definitely the biggest surprise. I like love. I really enjoyed it a lot. It was tap good. dance kid yeah. was super fun. Love a good tap dance. The rink was, I mean, incredible. Cheetah and Liza were yeah. just blew me away as well. And Sunday, not them
0: both being nominated in the same category.
1: I know, and I love show. when. When Cheetah won, how like supportive Liza Minnelli was of her was really cool. It's almost like so what we're seeing this year with Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere.
0: Say, not Cheetah Rivera trying to make a joke about how she's glad she put on the second half of her dress. I was like, I Chita. know.
1: She also made another joke that I was a little confused. Comp- I was like, what are you talking about? Um, but everyone um, laughed and I was like, okay, I guess this is okay. <laughs> But honest, I, kinda, I don't know if I have one big standout. Maybe Lacaz, just because I loved George Hearns. Performance.
0: It was um, good. It was so good. And Sunday, yeah.
1: obviously I've watched the PBS um taping of Sunday.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, mm-hmm. so I've seen that performed before and I've watched mm-hmm. clips of the revival that happened with Jake Gyllenhaal and Annalie Ashford. And um,
0: which is great. I mean,
1: Sunday, it's just a great song. And that song, of course, when they when Siemens Sondheim passed away, they all sang that in Times Square yeah. with in like Times every Square. Broadway actor known to man. So
0: and anyone off the street.
1: True. Yeah. (laughs) If we were there, I would have joined in. So yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. I mean, Sundays are great. And also, of course, being featured in um Tick Tick Boom. (laughs) Tick Tick Boom. Yeah. 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 So good. Um, as we close out here, like we said at the beginning, unless there's anything specifically else you want to talk about, Rachel. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: talk I want to talk about one more thing. Okay. Which go. is Christine Bransky. God, yes. I love her. Nice. So she's nominated in the best performance by a featured actress in a play. So the, nice.
1: the yeah. nominees
0: are Deborah Rush from Noises oh. Off, Dana Ivey from Heartbreak House, Joe Henderson from Play Memory, and then Christine Bransky, The Real Thing, winning and taking home that Tony. And I knew that i loved her and right. then she spoke in to accept this speech i mean to accept this speech to accept this tony and i was like why are you the most amazing human who's ever graced this earth
1: yeah. um which is the a real lot to thing, say a Julie big Andrews winner this speech. year Pardon? Like the real thing, like a huge winner. This oh, year. the
0: real thing. Like, everyone talked about how it was going to be the highlight of their career. I want to know—is that true? Uh, we should go back to every single person. Every single person who won said about yeah. the real thing. Said that. Um yeah. Which I'm intrigued by. But she also just an was incredible so cast. Good. Yeah, a crazy. Like Glenn
1: cast. Close, Jeremy yeah. Irons, um, Christine Baranski. I mean, incredible.
0: Yeah. But she just goes up there and she basically says what I said at the beginning, which was this, I'm taking this as an honor for all the hard work that we've done, not as a winning over the competitors who, over the other amazing women who have been nominated in this category. Uh, she's yeah. just so cute. And she, uh, I love her so much.
1: True, true. Yeah. And that. then
0: one other thing Yeah, is that this is the first year, the first Tony Awards where the Brooks Atkins um, Atkinson. Wow. Hello, Brooks. At help. Brooks Atkinson, which used to be a theater, which I don't think it is anymore. They just I think it, it is. Right?
1: Oh, I maybe thought they renamed did. it. I'm looking it up. Oh, yeah, Lena Horn.
0: Thank you. Anyway, this is the first time that the Brooks Atkinson Award for Lifetime <laughs> Contribution to the Theater was given, and it was given to Al Hirschfeld. Also, someone who we've heard about many a time, who also has a theater named after them, who was doing the drawings, uh, who's done drawings for many shows, but specifically for this Tony Awards, was actually doing the drawings. And at the beginning, when they say who's going to speak or who's going to be performing, it was his drawings. And I just found that really wholesome.
1: It was very wholesome, but some of the drawings, especially for the people of color, I was like, oh, this is not... This yes. is not aging well. These Fair. drawings kind of look like animals, and that's not good. But the
0: the the one photo, the one drawing that I think is probably one of the most, most known for drawings is actually after this in 1999 when he draws Liza Minnelli.
1: Liza Minnelli, um, right.
0: And that's what I imagine from him. But anyway, mm-hmm. I just, I find it interesting because we talk about special awards um, and how they change over the years. And For we'll sure. see what special awards come this Tony's.
1: For sure. So as we wrap up here, we're going to, as we said in the beginning, we're going to talk about some of our modern Tony Awards theater news, which um, discussing when we posted on our social media, a little thing about how Justin David Su- Sullivan of Anne Juliet decided to abstain from consideration and urged award shows to expand their reach. Quote um, about the Tony Awards and their um, specific categories for gendered performances. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, look, uh, when I when Rachel and I were talking about this, I was kind of like, I think this is a very Complex situation. Of course, I I will say I'm speaking a, at this as a you know cisgendered heterosexual male. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word heterosexual. <laughs> I don't know why pre-coffee. my brain was not working. Yeah, pre coffee. Actually, I have had coffee today. Oh
0: my god, but, no excuse. I you
1: know it's my it's my sickness. That's what I'm blaming it on. But I am speaking in as as that, and so I think it's a complex situation because at least from my point of view it's, like, Rachel and I were talking about how do you split, like, you could split the performances up into, like, new musical performance versus revival, which we've talked about, you know, for the past year of them doing that anyway, but also yeah. you could just say best performance in general, but I think, I don't know, I feel like if you can, com- can part of me is, like, can you compare a performance, like, what if, what if you know there is a show where the female performances are stronger than the male performances or what if or or the non-binary performances or what if like can you compare them all I mean I guess it's we're kind of comparing them all in general but also what if there's a year where there's just like three shows about that have women performances and there's not enough to compete anyway I don't know I just think that's messy and come—it's not not messy, but complex. And then also like, what was that? I, there was another thing I talked about. But anyway, Rachel, what do you think about this conversation? Like, what what is your point of view from it?
0: Yeah, I mean, first, I think you know, um, if you're interested in reading the full article that came out um, after Justin's um, statement that he, they released to Playbill, or yeah on their Instagram. You can read the two articles we'll link down in the show notes, which is from them or from (laughs) if you're not a subscriber, then you can read the them one. Um, And the quote at the end was I was disheartened to learn that the Tony Awards are not planning on making this year's nomination categories more inclusive of gender expansion or trans non-binary performers like myself. So Justin also plays a non-binary performer, so they are non-binary themselves, but then they play a non-binary character in the musical and Juliet. So I I think that the quote is important here, that it's about expanding the idea of what gender... um, inclusivity looks like within these roles, or specifically making a trans or non-binary performer category. Yeah. I don't necessarily think, although we can talk about this in a second, I don't think that Justin's quote was to say that we need to do away with the idea of gender within categories. Sure. But Justin's quote comes after the outer critic circle Um decided that they were going to do away with gender uh, categories, gendered categories for this 2023 ceremony. Mm
1: -hmm. So they're
0: doing outstanding lead performer in a musical, outstanding lead performer in a musical, I mean, featured performer in a musical, outstanding lead performer in a play. um, And then the same for off-Broadway plays and musicals. So they're breaking it down into four categories that are not gendered. I know that this has been a conversation in the Broadway community for a while. I yeah. I too come at this as a cisgendered person, um, and <laughs> now I'm coughing. I think I the I think that it's complicated, yes, but I also think that as a theater, um, as a I mean, as an industry who continues to say that we are inclusive, who continues to in 1983. Have a, a hit Tony winning, multi Tony winning, nom- like musical be about, you know, homosexual, re- like the first homosexual, you know, on m- musical relationship. Right. That w- why in 2023, we haven't decided how to be inclusive in the way that we give awards. We continue to have productions on and off Broadway talk about the realness and 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 the experience of people who are non-binary people who are transgender people who you know are experiencing not just what has been typical in the past and yet we have these categories that are gendered and real and related to their performance as a gendered person instead of their performance as a performer and so one of the things that you know I've I've read a lot about this and I know that Taylor has over the last week and just also before them, because we've talked about this before. Um, you know, one of the things that could possibly happen is that we create an, uh, other categories that are more gender inclusive with gender inclusive language, right? Um, that there's a lot of backlash around if that's even supportive because that others people as well. So I, I don't really right. know. That's what that's I was going to say is think. that kind
1: of negates them a little bit in my opinion but
0: I think it depends I mean I once again I don't know but the other thing that I think would make the most sense to me is that it's about the actual performer like it's not the performer but it's about the actual role so we could have more categories you know featured and leading I'm sure there are other words we've always talked also about how there should be the best ensemble. Why is there not right. a best ensemble category? Right. Right. There are I all agree. these other parts that we can yeah. add to awarding people for the good work that they're doing on the stage that does not identify them with or without, you know, with a specific gender or within a category <laughs> of gender. And just like we've expanded because technology has expanded, we've expanded the categories of best lighting design and scenic design and tech, like we've expanded all of those sound design, all of those categories. Why the heck haven't we taken the same measures to have a real conversation and work to expand things that people are a part of and that people who love the Broadway community feel excluded from?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure, I totally agree, and something to consider is that the Grammy Awards have eliminated gendered categories since 2012, so they've been doing it for over 10 years Which is
0: crazy that we are behind the Grammys.
1: Insane. And the OB Awards, which are on and and off-off Broadway work, have had non-gendered categories for a long time. Right. Right. I do think, and maybe to close this out, unless you have anything else, Rachel, to discuss, is that... Um, my wife and I were talking about this and we were talking about, well, I think maybe the only downside to it is that you're going to give out less awards. Cause if you have a big category with just, you know, a non-gendered category, you're only going to give away one award rather than multiple. And I think that just kind of limits the, I mean, I guess everyone would be recognized as far as being nominated, but it kind of limits the wins for people, which I think is just, it is what it is. And maybe it's that this conversation is bigger than just giving out multiple awards, but.
0: Yeah. And, but then you, you know, I, I hear them only giving out one award thing, but then you have people who decide like Justin to not even put their name in the running because they do not feel included. And Justin maybe could have, or should have won the, the award. Right. right, so I know that because we don't know who the nominees are going to be, and I know I've seen clips of May, the character May, singing um, from Anne Juliet. but I, I, just, I think that it is when we are excluding the people who we say we're including on the stage from benefiting from the industry part of the theater, we're doing them, we're doing them a disservice, and everyone's participating in that disservice and that is not just included not just about um gender inclusivity that also is about race um because we we didn't mention really but in our 1983 tony awards there's like four black people in the whole the whole time televised the whole time
1: which one of them did win so (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah but uh, you know what i mean like it's it's it is very clear that the theater industry needs to do a better job about being inclusive. And especially, it should have already done this. And in my opinion, especially following suit of so many other awards, uh, and that the Tonys is not going to change for 2023. I think you also have a moment where does that mean that the Tony Awards, it's or the Tony Award itself means less? Because they were not a part right. of changing.
1: Yeah. I think ultimately there are going to be more performers recognized in shows that are non-binary and are trans, which I think is wonderful. And I think more opportunities for actors that are trans and non-binary um, should be recognized. But uh, I think ultimately, in my opinion, the Tony Awards should just change and I think they should just do it. And there's going to be backlash, But I think it'll fizzle out. And I think ultimately in like 10 years, we're not even going to be talking about this. They just do it. And it is what and then that just becomes the new normal. And
0: I think, yeah, two other points about the Tony Awards for 2023. One is that this has been a long time coming, this kind of conversation for the Tony Awards. And so it feels really annoying as a theater uh, lover to deal with the Tony Awards not dealing with this for so long. This was happening pre-COVID where there were conversations and people and people who are portraying non-binary or trans characters but they themselves were not non-binary or trans on the stage. So, and just how terrible (laughs) some of the Tony um, uh, Awards people and uh, the American Theater Wing handled that. Uh, so there's that, and I think the other thing is the Tony Awards this year decided that you don't have to see all of the shows as a Tony voter in order to vote, and that is also very interesting and somewhat controversial, I should say, Yeah. in a different way, where people's identity is not necessarily at stake, so we won't give it as much uh, space here, but we'll link to that as well, and I do think that this will be the beginning of things changing for the Tony Awards. Um, And the Tony Awards are not the only awards that have been shedding light on avant-garde musicals or classic musicals or performances or performers. So.
1: For sure. Yeah. (laughs) We will be here breaking down all the news for you, theater nerds. Thank you, Rachel, for having this discussion with Thank you. The 1984. We want to know your thoughts on, you know, the 1984 Tonys, but also this current discussion that we're all having, and I think it should be an ongoing open discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Definitely not a done deal.
1: All right, Rachel. Let's talk about character of the week. Let's do it. This with the sniffles.
0: With this, uh, the coughs and the sniffles yeah, the coughs, and the coughs every and, other sound
1: my, possible. My sexy congestion voice.
0: People who are sensitive to sounds, I'm so sorry. Um,
1: yeah. This is our ASMR. <laughs> yeah, which s- close I Close your eyes.
0: I... <laughs> Wait, I... should we do an ASMR, but with different theater characters?
1: I don't know. <laughs> should we? I don't know. Comment on our social
0: media page. Yeah. True. Okay. So this is a segment, not where we do ASMR, <laughs>
1: but right.
0: where we pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, how have we been feeling? What have we been up to? And what theater character has similar thoughts, feelings, vibes?
1: That's right. We would also love to hear your characters and your thoughts on the Tony Awards 1984 in general so comment on our social media pages tell us who your character is this week you may get a shout out on a future episode there's also on our website you guys can go to our that we have a character form on our character of the week page we'll link that in the show notes if you guys want to send us your character through our form as through our form as well rachel would you like to know my character this week
0: I would love to know your character this week, Taylor.
1: So, besides being still <laughs> sicky, Vicky, as are sicky, Vicky, still sicky, Vicky. Although I feel, you know, I was telling me joy, I really feel fine. It's just this cough and it's catching up with me. Still, but I actually have been, you know, getting a lot of work done this week. I've been pretty, and Ooh. I hope even the day of recording, I'll be very productive today. So yes. I feel like this this character is very productive and sometimes, excuse me, her productivity can be a little problematic. But I hope oh. e- even as she graduates high school, she can be, you know, a little more chill, but also still have the productivity. And I am currently this week, Elena Beck from Dear Evan Hansen, who is very <laughs> type A productive. And I hope Amazing. that this week I can channel her productivity
0: i love that taylor do you are you the one from the the music what the movie where you have the extra song or are you the stage version
1: i think i'm gonna stick to the stage version where and lloyd um originated her so
0: okay i love it amazing who is
1: your character this week rachel
0: this week i've just been so hungry (laughs) i have no way else to say no, oh I, I just, I've been eating and nothing is satisfying me, which mm. I know has many different reasons for this, but I should uh-huh. not just tell everyone while I'm on the, the podcast. But I just have been hungry and every day I'm like, please, sir, uh, may I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> so today. Cough laughs, I'm cough Oliver. laughs. Oh,
1: <laughs> I love Oliver. it. Shout out Oliver Thank in the nineteen 1980- eighty. Poor Tony. Oh which was a little poor orphan again. <laughs> yeah.
0: I uh, yeah, I'm sure that was my week. A little poor orphan. Just looking orphan. for some
1: soup. Just looking for some Just
0: soup. Just need Pelisa. Uh, may I have some more?
1: Hmm. I'm sure that's hmm.
0: exactly I basically I won the Tony.
1: Yeah, you so. got the role, right then. Um <laughs> if you guys would like to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast.
0: Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week.